Hey gorgeous beings, before anything else, I just wanted to give a little bit of context behind this episode. This episode is not recent. In fact, we recorded it a couple weeks back, and I just have to say that (laughs) I just listened to it before telling my team to publish it. And what really came through for me was it's very timely. In the episode, I bring up a lot of vulnerable stuff that's been getting in the way of how I show up. Of course, it's nothing heavy. It's more it's more of a process where I had to figure out with my then partner, now my ex, um, the things that I was going through. It's very timely because you might hear in this episode that I come to the realization that I am moving, expanding to the next level, elevating, and this is exactly how the rest of the season went for me, especially with my relationship with my partner, my businesses, they've really taken off, and we both had a mutual agreement that this isn't the time for us to be together. We decided to separate for our own reasons, but I still feel that this episode will give you what you need. The medicine that you need is in this episode. If you are specifically feeling like you're disconnected, you're lacking passion in your career, I hope that through the process of listening to me and listening to how I co-regulate with my partner, how he listens and how we receive, um, you're able to take away something that will help you. So, without further ado, let's get to it. The last time you will probably hear the most special person in my entire life on this podcast being featured. Recording in progress. Hi. That's better. Hi. Really? Like a yeah. lot better? Yeah. Hi, and welcome to oh, the podcast. I can hear a little bit of myself, but it's not like a big That's problem. That's so sad. No, okay, no, it's okay. It's, it's, not, it's not that big. Really? Yeah, I, like, I can like speak that. just fine. No. Mm. I didn't bring AirPods, so I can't listen. But hello. Hi. So... I just wanted to invite you today because I was just like recording earlier and I found myself really finding it hard to flow with words and stuff and just I tried well, I'm very again good at making you flow. <laughs> In what way? Anyway, uh have a anyway. podcast. <laughs> right, we're on record. <laughs> How are you? How are you? Uh, oh, uh, I'm doing great. It's just that today, oh my goodness, I'm so tired. I've had um, quiz results and immediately after the quiz results, a new lesson. And then I had to do some synthesis of new polymer materials in the lab. And after that, we had some economics class uh, right at the end. 
and so I'm very tired, <laughs> but I'm alive. I'm very much still alive. <laughs> what about you? How are you? Um, drinking fake marshmallows and a barely chocolate drink. Maybe that's my fault because they put too much water into the Swiss mix. Swiss mix. Swiss mix. Swiss mix. <laughs> See, I'm just having a hard time communicating lately. It is just so frustrating because it's like, I am really good at talking about the things that I love. So it's just really hard. Maybe there's, oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. I haven't been feeling the love lately. That's why it's not, it's difficult to talk about it. <laughs> Hmm. To expound yeah. on what you haven't been feeling as much of lately. <laughs> <laughs> right. We have to talk about these things because we're on the podcast. Um, yeah. You know how when you're in that flow state and things just come very natural to you because you're writing from passion and you're creating from passion and it matters to you. So it's energetically charged. But then when you aren't in that flow state, it's just all very numb and feel disconnected somehow. So I've, I feel like I've been very disconnected lately. I see. Hmm. I'm not sure what remedy there is to that other than to really like sit down and get your energy in check. And I don't really know how to, how to I mean, say that without like... Uh, I'm still know. figuring it out because it's part of... I guess it's been a huge part of me for a while now where I just really flow. So I haven't really been in a situation where it's been gone for so long. I'm usually super inspired and super in flow. (laughs) So having this problem was kind of like, oh, okay, that's the first. You know, I haven't been usually the things that I were that I was doing used to work out a lot, like, you know, meditating. Uh, dancing moving my body making sure that all of it is in check and um maybe i just haven't been going out there like meeting Mm. actual people because that's part of it right like that's part of the whole whole thing that you can't be doing the work and then not being around actual people and living your life so maybe it's the living my life part (laughs) that is true that is true you can't just you can't, you can't expect to live uh to live entirely isolated from the world and then come up with new insights just you know doing the same thing over and over again right yeah i was actually going to talk about that like we can't keep doing the same things over and over again and then just expect it to work every time ah oh, this is a new level <laughs> uh, see there you go that wasn't that wasn't that hard you're so good at this. Thanks for being a mirror. Okay, that's, oh, yeah, I'm that's very the end good. of the podcast episode. Just kidding. All right, goodbye, everyone. That was an honor <laughs> to be here. <laughs> Babe, nobody really understands what happened there. I don't think they got it. <laughs> no, no, I think they perfectly understand. No, no, no. Really? If they don't understand, they're going to have to wait for the next though. podcast episode where they, you explain <laughs> what happened. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, I really feel like I just got to say that I'm so grateful because I can't imagine dating someone else who doesn't have the same level of emotional maturity and devotion that you do with 
us and just you're always so willing to listen and to hold my hand and to be supportive and it's so it's so healthy it's so (laughs) (laughs) you know we're always we're always so good together and it's always just good with our relationship you know yeah, and then yeah. it takes a lot. It takes a great deal of effort to make things look like it takes no effort, right? That's the saying. That's how it goes. So to me, it just sounds like you know our effort is really is really counting and is really is really you know um, going in where it matters, you know, and it's really taking effect. Because if it looks like it's not really being, if it looks like it's easy, then you. If it is really still hard, but looking like it's easy, then at least you know, all that hard work and all that effort is pretty effective. Or none of it is spilling over into looking hard. If all of your effort is being directed completely into making it more effective and efficient, then you're not gonna see you're not gonna see it being hard at all. So, yeah, <laughs> it's it's a I sign that our efforts are how right. easy it is. Sorry. No, 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 go on. No, I was just saying, I like how, I like how you pointed that out. I was just reading something that my mentor sent me today around how when people try hard, people feel the energy of that. It's like, when you're trying hard to make something work, chances are you're going to repel opportunities and people and situations more. Because it's coming from a needy energy. It's coming from a it's coming from a place of like yeah. <laughs> Baby. Go down, go down. It's good. <laughs> Not again. But yeah, I was just <laughs> our dog's barking. Oh god. Okay, it's, yeah. you know, it's, it's an organic podcast. All these things, they happen. I know, right? Like, it, what would we be without the world around us? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, but hey, I just wanted to say that it's, it's so true how much work is put into being effortless. I'm not saying you have to try hard to be effortless. That, that's totally different. There's a difference between... There's a difference between doing it properly and trying your hardest and forcing things that don't really align together. Imagine if we were trying to make this work and we didn't really want the relationship, then that's still pretty, you know, sad. Forcing something isn't the same as being determined. You know, being determined means you're, you're going at it, but you also know that you're keeping, you're, you're having like a wholesome approach on it. You're still doing it properly. You're keeping, you're going at it still, but you know that you're doing it properly. Forcing something as well, you're just throwing it all at the wall and seeing what sticks, whether you like it or not. And there's no guarantee that what sticks to the wall is what you like, but it is what you wanted to get. It doesn't mean you like it though. But doing it properly yeah. means, you know, you're putting a more uh, wholesome, mindful, uh, approach to it strategic in a sense like people think yeah, when you're playing somewhat. in this like when you're playing in the realm of possibility i'm really fighting with my dog here i need the attention yeah. come on it's okay it's okay, it's okay. <laughs> um uh. <laughs> keep talking so i was gonna say hmm are you done? 
Not yet. Okay. I was just going to say that often I find that the things that we do from that place of desperation, it's so, it's something that we think we should do. Like we should keep this shitty situation, this shitty relationship. And it's not coming from a place of, of like, hey, I want to do this. Hey, I want to pour all my love into this. And it's like, it's not even passionate. I don't think it can be passionate if you're desperate. It's just coming from so much sticky, icky fear and trying to make it work and it's not fitting. There's so many pieces of something that we try so much. And I think you can tell when you're not aligned to something because it's like you're suffering. You're feeling the struggle and it's the same pattern, recurring pattern over and over again. It's that pattern that uh it's that pattern that you really have to be able to somewhat like I guess tackle. Because on the one end, flowing into a nice consistent pattern with your life is amazing, yes. But it also means if it's if it's if it's completely if it's a completely closed loop and an unchanging pattern, then I don't really think it's very sustainable anymore. Because that means you're just locked into a pattern that's not going to change and get better over time. So yeah. <laughs> How do you move out of a pattern that's loopy and all you know? <laughs> hmm. That depends. Like when, you, when you get stuck, what do you usually do about it? When I get stuck, usually I just stop what I'm doing. The pattern can continue if I don't if I don't do anything, right? <clears throat> of course, exceptions apply. Uh, just in case, I the pattern is me not doing anything. They'll try to do something. Really, it's just going against the grain on what I'm doing, you know. So if my pattern is I'm. Uh, getting constantly distracted by being like, be, if I'm in my room and I just can't get myself to study because I'm always getting distracted by what I'm doing other than studying, I'll change rooms and try to ease myself into that, try and stop for a bit and then see if I can study. Alternatively, if I'm in a pattern of I keep on spending too much on food at lunchtime, I will make the conscious decision to maybe eat something before I go to school or bring something from home. Or if that's not an option, then I will try and give myself a budget and stick to only that and try to do my absolute best to change it in that way. And if that doesn't work, then I'll do something else. And that's really a bridge that I only cross when I have to. So I don't think I can get into that right now because I don't have to cross that bridge right now, you know? I mean, yeah, totally. I think the reason why most people aren't willing to choose differently is because it's so hard to tell yourself that you might be wrong. We come from a lot of ego there, right? It's like, this isn't working, but I'm going to keep doing it anyway because it has to. <laughs> mm. yeah, yeah, and, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Like, like we aren't willing to admit that we're that. wrong, you know? Hmm. It's, I don't know, it's when, it's when your intelligence is hijacked by ego instead of letting your intelligence control your ego instead. A lot of the time people think that, or like if it's not from a place of helplessness, which is a whole nother topic on its own, this, like our whole world is designed to make us somewhat helpless, right? 
But when it comes down to ego preventing us from changing, there's always going to be such statements like, oh, I'm a special case, so it's not going to work for me, or they don't know the whole picture, or this and that, and you're absolutely convinced it's the, it's the one thing you're supposed to be doing. But it's that, it's that conviction sometimes that leads you to be stuck in the pattern in the first place. The conviction to leave is sometimes the steel that makes the bars of the prison you're in. And so when you yeah, weaken so that conviction, you weaken the bars. Yes, yeah, exactly. It's a misleading sort of conviction. It's the type of conviction you don't really want to have because it's sad. Like, imagine imagine doing the same thing over and over and you just insist that, hey, I don't want to change this because it's something that I, I'm familiar with. It's something that I've been doing for a long time. And I think that's also part of, you know, the compounded effect of people making the same decisions over and over and they think it's such a waste of time if they suddenly pivot and change into a new direction but it's not it's like people are so willing to hold on to the past because of the value that they see in it when in reality Mm. the past isn't even there anymore you know (laughs) yeah absolutely i was just thinking about that Mm -hmm. it's that inherent desire to be in full control that sometimes leads people to misunderstand um that control is everything when in reality just because you have the controls in hand doesn't mean that you're steering it right you know or you know even if you had full control over an airplane and you were the pilot and everything if you if you refuse to open your eyes you're still gonna crash or at least fly it rather terribly you're probably gonna throw up <laughs> yeah. yeah that's 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 the whole point um maybe it's also coming from a fear of having wasted your life investing so much time and effort into making something work and then it doesn't and you suddenly have to change but then when it's time to change you're like hey i've already invested so much of my time into this i don't think i can do anything more it's like we're we're so willing to look at the past rather than with the future and the other opportunities that exist out there and that are available to us because you know it's maybe from the lack that we're feeling it's like i don't have enough time i don't have enough resources anymore or i'm running out and when we're in that state of feast and famine right like a lot of decisions can be highly influenced just by time and money so nobody's willing to ask how can we make this work or how can we you know, how can we choose differently? How can we create an opportunity for growth here? You know, we're just stuck on what we're used to and what's and what we think is the problem. But sometimes the mm-hmm. problem isn't really the problem. The problem is way underneath what you perceive it to be. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. You have anything to add? <laughs> Oh yeah, sorry. I, I wanted to make sure you were finished first. Finished. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, it's it's in knowing that you don't really have the full picture. When there's a pattern like that, it needs to be broken, and you're just then you're still not breaking it. Maybe you still don't fully understand the full picture. Or if you do, if you're absolutely sure you understand the full picture, then maybe you're just not, maybe there's an alternative you haven't tried yet. Or maybe sometimes we really just need, we need a break of our routine. Or sometimes even we might need external help. 
it is absolutely not shameful to get external help. Don't let the don't let the world of rise and grind trick you into thinking that you are the only person who we can rely on in this world. Because yes, well, well it's nice to think toxic. of yeah, you know, yeah, exactly. It's so toxic. <laughs> well, sometimes it's nice to feel like oh yeah, I I I helped myself. I got out of there myself. You know, there's there's a kind of pride you can feel from that. But also, you know, that kind of trying to chase that pride, trying to make sure that pride stays the same, can also lead to a lot. And a lot of pain and unnecessary suffering and unnecessary time wasted just because you refuse to seek outside help. A lot of the time, well, humans are fundamentally, you know, we're hardwired to be social creatures. We are fundamentally social beings. No man is an island. And although we, we like to say self-made man, self-made here and there, it's like, come on, Arnold Schwarzenegger himself said, um, and people consider Arnold to be a self-made man, but even he said, um, you know, I'm kind of paraphrasing here. But don't call me a self-made man because, um, and now I'm not going to be directly quoting him after this. He said something along the lines of when, I, when he came to America, he only had like um, a little bit of money and the clothes on his back or something like that. And then it was the people at the gym who really helped him out, um, who helped him get furniture, helped him get on his feet while he was in America. And so to call him a self-made man is to disrespect the people that really helped him and looked out for him in those times. And similarly, you don't need to chase the title of being self-made because in reality, who really is self-made? That's a myth. Nobody is self-made because you are still, you are still, a, a, what do you call that? A culmination of all the people who helped you and the people who allowed you to rise to who you really are, you know? And I get that. Thank you for bringing that up. Yeah, I feel yeah, like absolutely. people struggle. Yeah, babe. I feel like people struggle with- They always do. Asking for help in particular because some of them are you know i know i know this because i felt this before some of them i feel like when they're asking for help they're outsourcing their personal power but there's a very fine line between the two right like mm. there is a difference between that so what what's that like for you like do you do you know do you have a process or do you have like a framework in your mind where you just sort of know when to ask for help and when to do things on your own i ask for help a lot even when i like if, the instant I, I that question even crosses my mind i will immediately ask for help because that is a Ooh, that is a question. downfall when, whenever the question of should i ask for help comes mm -hmm. to mind immediately i will ask for help and i will continue working at it as if i did not just ask for help but also, in the meantime, I will also be just waiting for help to arrive. And whether or not it does arrive, at least I hadn't wasted time not working on it. Um, for example, when I need help on, let's say, let's say I just can't seem to get, um, can't, I just can't seem to get the process for solving a differential equation, right? I'll keep working at it, but at the same time, the instant I feel like I need help or the instant I even have to question if I need help, I will shoot a message to one of my classmates or shoot a message to my professor saying, hey, um, can, can, I, can I see a sample solution or can I see how you're doing or can I have some clarity on this? Even though I'm not even fully sure I need that help yet, I'll already ask for it. Because in reality, you're not, there's, no, there's no minimum requirement for asking for help. Right. If you're going to benefit from it, it doesn't really matter if you were going to be able to do it anyway. If it was going to take you six hours to do alone versus maybe two hours with help, yeah, you're going to arrive at the same result, but you did still just say four hours, which I think is completely priceless. And I love that. yeah. 
And really, it's oh god, this is such a nuanced topic. I don't even know which to, which direction to go right now um, <laughs> because there's so many other branches in my head that I, I do want to speak to. But um, the first thing is that we grew up very differently, and mm-hmm. I think it's very admirable because I think I'm learning to ask for help because of you and your just your security with that. It's like. I see you doing that and it's not like you're losing your power when you're asking for help. You're actually just asking for help. Like it doesn't have to mean anything, you know? And and it's just so different for me because I grew up um, having to bear the weight of the world on my shoulders and be the one that people always ask help from. And it's like, there is a fine line, right? Like how do you create boundaries when you're, asking for help how do you know when to stop doing that it's like I get it because when we grow up like we have a lot of we have a lot of other responsibilities and it's not the same as school when you're really allowed to form groups and be be collaborative but when it comes to let's say in the real world when you go out or like when you step outside of school and then you're not really you're, you're unsure who your friends are. You're unsure who you can ask help from. How do you know when you're overstepping or if it's still okay to do so? Like for you, what would that look like? If you instantly care about to bother them, just don't do it. <laughs> really, that, that's about it. I only ask for help from the people that I think would be willing to help me. It's not like I message all my classmates how to do things, right? Only message to people who, you know, I know are fairly reliable, who take pride in their academic integrity and who are able, who take pride in being able to solve things or have a solid reputation for these types of things. If it's an academic related problem, I will contact either my teachers or the smart kids, right? Um, if it's an emotional problem, then I will probably, well, I haven't really had a, an emotional problem that I had to really talk about that you don't know about um but yeah but i just talked yeah. talk to you about I'm, it because i mean I'm emotional sure. support is very personal it's just mm, not yeah, exactly. something that i feel like i could share with anybody like i wanted to speak about this as well because i've been feeling a bit like protective over my own boundaries with that like if i'm you know i wanted to just share that because it's getting clearer to me that as we grow up and we start to have different Um, groups and communities and places where we're celebrated and appreciated and loved and then there are places where we're not as much uh, celebrated or Mm. appreciated we have to really filter out who gets the who gets the information from us directly yeah because it's kind of honestly it's sacred because your experiences can easily be tarnished by other people's opinions that's Um, right especially if you care about them. That's a problem That's right. because if, if you didn't care about them, you wouldn't tell them, but you only tell the people you care about, right? You only tell them about, they're the only people you tell your life to. So it's important that the people you care about, whom you're sharing to, are able to receive that information as well and treat it with utmost respect and treat your experience as valid and not really degrade you or abuse you emotionally or verbally or whatever Mm. right yeah and you only really you never really get to truly know who those people are you can't read minds so every bit of it is a risk in my head it translates to 
you only share these things with the people whom if they do reveal it to the world you would not feel like you'd feel like it's worth it to be betrayed by right would if i told yeah. the secret to this person and they told the world the secret what i feel what i feel like it wasn't worth it or what i feel like okay if if they chose to do that then insert nuance here insert context here like if you suddenly bared the world my secrets i chose to tell you and i chose to trust you it was your choice to break it and what does that choice mean to you what would that choice mean to you in my head it would mean a lot of things it would be a choice that if you ever had to make which like you know you probably will never have to make but if you ever had to make that choice then clearly some things have gone up situation beyond my control that I can't possibly think of now. In which case, is there any use in me questioning whether or not I should tell you or shouldn't I just tell you? It's kind of like when you're lending books to someone, you have to be prepared that when the book comes back, it. it's broken or prepared lose, to lose them. it. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's, it's just like money, right? <laughs> Information, knowledge, all these. Yeah, anything yeah. that you get, like you give out in value, be prepared to completely lose it to the world. Anything that you give out in value that isn't secured with another exchange, you know, it's not a trade-off. You're giving it for free. Or I wouldn't say for free. It's just not counted. Like, like for example. Well, there's always going to be a trade-off. That depends because some relationships out there are not equal in a sense. Like they're not giving. So it's sometimes it's very one-sided where you're the only person that's giving. And I feel like you will feel that because people really feel the drain of a connection that isn't equal, especially if somebody's just trying to pick your brains all the time, right? Like um, in my business, I've stopped answering questions in my DMs because I literally do this as a career. I make a living out of yeah. helping people solve their problems. So if I were to answer every single one, I would just keep losing my time and value and just- Exactly. Yeah, by not answering them, you make them lose their time. See, there is a trade-off. They, they took time to message you. And by not answering them, instead of you losing your time and money, they are losing their time and money. Not directly yeah. because they're paying to message you, but because that's, that's time they could have spent making money. And, right? and There's always going to be trade-off, no matter how minuscule. Yeah, what I've come to find is that, oh yeah, that does make sense. What I've come to find is that the people who spend a lot of time, and I'm not talking about the people who just inquire about services and then buy. I'm talking about the people who really try to nitpick and and get a lot of information out for me without really giving anything. Um, what I find is that they're not usually invested as much. They just want to they just want to get things for free. It's like they're trying to leech off of whatever you can give in a sense. And it's not very respectful at all because it's like if I were to walk up to somebody and started asking them for whatever they're doing for a living and then just said, like, I don't have the money for this, but I hope I can have your time. Like, how unfair is that? <laughs> it's kind of weird, you know, and we don't really return to those people. Like I, I bet in the past, I had a, a lot of times where I failed to give value to people first before asking, and that really created a lot of resentment in my relationships. And, you know, I was constantly placing unrealistic expectations without giving so much of my value to them or having a proper trade-off, you know? Mm. So, Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> And these people, the, 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 these people are under no obligation to share your mindset or to share a worldview with you. Mm 
that's why you just have to be secure in what you have and yet still exactly. be open to change your world your worldview and your perspective whenever it is beneficial to your well-being not to your feelings all right yeah. if you change according to your feelings and you're always going to be on a downward spiral but if it's for your well-being and even if it hurts you're going to change then that's going to be good but not everybody is up like nobody is obliged to do that for you so that's why like sometimes really, might feel like we're doing a- the wrong things yeah, it's yeah. that's the rule for everybody because if nobody looks if we don't look after ourselves we can't expect other people to look after us it's insane it's like you're expecting somebody to regulate your nervous system to make you feel good about yourself but what are you doing every day to make you feel good about yourself like I was just going through that and and sometimes I still not make mistakes like honestly sometimes I still I still look to people and have this unset expectation that being around them or getting to speak with them will will make me feel better and then I feel disappointed and I feel like that didn't really do much and then I realized that it's just a projection because I haven't been doing the work to make myself feel better and I'm out here outsourcing that you know and we get so caught up with those unsaid expectations it's like another analogy for that would be like if you are a gift giver and you have an unsaid expectation that every time you give a gift, it's going to be returned to you, which is kind of unfair because it is. first of all, you didn't say that you didn't say that this is how you wanted to receive love. You didn't tell the other person that this is how you're giving them and you kind of want something in return. It's not a fair trade-off. It's like you're trying to, it's like that thing where where the thing that I said where people come up to you and they just have unsolicited questions or advice or gifts with an expectation that you are going to honor it and value it when you weren't even given a heads up, you know? Mm. <laughs> and that, that's correct. Honestly, expectations are the thief of joy. That's what I like to think. Yeah, like- Oh, this is something that I also wanted to share with you. I haven't just gotten around to talking about it. Um, Whenever we have desires, like I realized I learned lately that, well, not lately, of course, it's been a recurring pattern, but it struck me that anytime we have a desire, when we force ourselves to make it happen, when it has to happen, and when we're trying to control it, to make sure that it's happening, that's usually when it falls flat and nothing really happens because we're in a state of trying to act like God in a sense. We're, we're being, we're dictating how we want things to be. And the, the goal is non-attachment and to come from a place of being desireless in a sense. And I know that's impossible because people have desires. That's human nature. But I guess it's like perfectionism. You don't try to be perfect because there is no such thing, but you do try to make the perfect effort to make sure that you are doing things properly. You're doing the best that you can. It's the same thing with being desireless. You don't try to stop yourself from having desires. You just put them out there and not care about them anymore. It's like you do your own thing and just let the desires exist whether or not it happens because things are just going to happen according to whatever the universe's timing is or the divine timing is you know 
Yeah, I mean, like, I wouldn't really phrase it like that. I'm really glossing over a lot of the stuff where you have to also put, do your part instead of just relying on the universe, which is what desires are pretty helpful for. But yeah, sure. <laughs> that, yeah, that also works. Because at the end of the day, people, everybody really operates differently. And it is in how you, like, how you manage desires is just going to be different. You know, like to achieve the same thing, you're just going to have to go at it differently. Like, for example, mm-hmm. for me, I have lots of things I want to buy, but then I also rarely ever buy anything. <laughs> because, you know, it's got, it's got a lot to do. It's, it's got something to do with perspective. It's got something to do with my relationship with money. It's got something to do with circumstance. It's got something to do with my desire management based on all of these factors. Whereas somebody might have a different circumstance or might even be faced with the same circumstance as me, but then maybe their desires are simply not quite as strong. And so they don't really have to take into account all these factors anymore. They may, maybe in their head, it's simply, they just don't want to buy it. And so they don't, mm. you know? Yeah, I totally Managing hear you. And it's things. not like, it's not like I'm bypassing um, all of the circumstances, but speaking from an esoteric sense where we're speaking in the, the realm of possibilities. Um, what I really wanted to say was something along the lines of how, do you ever notice how any person who gets caught up trying to chase something will most likely not get it or receive it because there is so much tension and friction and instead of the thing that you want um, being attracted to your life and your situation and circumstance you're repelling it in a way because you're creating a lot of I can have this I can have this and and so you know I'm speaking about someone who's already doing the work to get there it's like the when you when they fixate on something that they're trying to have in their life when you're too focused on a single direction and a destination chances are you're going to miss out on the present moment and what you, what needs to be done to get there like oh, you yeah, said absolutely. about doing the work that's kind right? of yeah that's that's the point yeah. that's why that's why it's called too focused that's why it's called too engrossed because yeah. there's always going to be a right amount and depending on a person that amount is different i haven't gotten anything good out of chasing like if i look back on my life and just my personal experiences anytime i tried to, i wasn't chasing you <laughs> <laughs> I was I was literally saying <laughs> I wasn't chasing you at all. It's like in that moment I had absolutely given up. <laughs> anyway. Anyway. I can't believe I just admitted that I, I quit for a while. I <laughs> Which is another lesson, I guess. Like, don't give up when there's no evidence of it happening. Because it's like you're looking at the iceberg. The thing that we were talking about earlier, and this goes back in full circle. You're looking at the iceberg and you think that it's just a block of ice. But underneath, there's a whole other picture that you're not seeing. So when we fixate on circumstances and, and take it as face value and say, okay, this is the end of it. You're not going into the possibilities of what might exist beyond or beneath the surface. You know, I didn't know that a whole other relationship existed right here. And 
And I couldn't have known if I just quit early on. <laughs> so <laughs> going off on a tangent here. Are you still there? Yeah, I'm still here. See, when you said it was hard to talk, you are going on tangents. Well, I have the best co-host right here. <laughs> Anyway, you can beat me through G Kyle. Slightly off topic. Did you finally get your charger? No. No. Why not? Reason man, I don't know man. Because uh because it's excuse here. I I can't find an excuse. I've been working. <laughs> Yeah, well, I, I refuse to validate any of that until you have a charger. <laughs> yeah, so today I ate hot chocolate and crackers. This is so out of context. People will have no idea what we're talking about. Give me a moment. <laughs> yeah. Oh, okay. So what should I do while he's gone? Should I just sing? No, I'm back. Uh, I was about to sing. I know, I can hear you. <laughs> no. <laughs> yeah. But, um, so, what's the best thing about our relationship? Oh, straight out of the field for that one. Is there really one singular thing I, I ever like have it. to pick other than the relationship itself? Like, the best thing, maybe the standard? You know, it's it exists in this sort of it exists in this level where it's both not pressuring, but it's also reassuring. They kind of go hand in hand. It reassures me that I'll have the same love and care and um, security, despite me not being at my best one hundred percent of the time. And it assures me that I can. Well, yeah. Well, you asked me. Well, you asked me. Didn't ask yourself, did you? You asked me. You asked me. There was no theft. I got here first. Okay. (laughs) Go on. (laughs) No, it's okay. I'm done now. You may have the rest of your answer. No. (laughs) (laughs) I was going to say it's that I don't have to question it. I don't have to, I don't, I'm I'm talking about the security of the relationship. I don't have to question whether or not this man loves me because I know that he does no matter what I do, you know, unless I kill his dog or. No, if you kill my dog, I still love you. I'm just not going to talk to you anymore forever. So we're just going to get married. And then when I say I do. I'm not not, going to marry you either. I'm still going to love you, but like from very far away. (laughs) <laughs> like I'm gonna break up with you, but I'm still gonna love you. <laughs> Sorry, I just got a mental picture of you standing over a cliff and staring from afar and just sighing to yourself. <laughs> yeah, you're gonna do whatever you want, whatever you want with my life, and then I'm never gonna have, and I'm never gonna move on from the fact that you're gonna have killed my dog. And I'm still gonna love you, but it's also gonna make it all the more traumatizing and terrible to think about. So I don't think I can bring myself to being in a relationship with you, but I'm still gonna love you. And that's on relationship boundaries. <laughs> and yeah, deal breakers. Just not gonna, 
yeah and i'm just not gonna be with you like i'm still gonna love you like a deal breaker existing doesn't mean i no longer like you, i no longer love you if you ever had if you ever if you ever presented me with a deal breaker that was relationship ending it's not that i would stop loving you it's just i would still keep loving you but i don't think we could continue the relationship anymore yeah i get that yeah. and i have fully accepted that <laughs> yeah but anyway back to the topic to the subtopic of the main topic that we were actually talking about um <laughs> I love our relationship for the honesty that we have with each other and how, because most people think honesty is so simple that we overlook it and, and its importance in anything. But that honesty leads us to make significant, subtle changes that are in the long term, allows allowing and and evolving into a beautiful connection that just keeps on building on what we have the respect the love the adoration the support and I love that about us it's like I feel like I could be anybody which makes a lot of sense because I have like 10 personalities so <laughs> kind of the point Imagine being just the one person gonna be me you're gonna be so bored with me. You're gonna be just like, oh my god, you're so boring. It's the same thing over yeah. and over. <laughs> it's like a yuck. Yeah, we do Yucky. have that in common. I can't be, I can't be with someone who doesn't have any variety in their lives. It's like, what are you doing with your life? Why are you so boring? Yeah, that's <laughs> why I'm serving up a healthy dose of delusion every every few hours. <laughs> yeah. But hey, I love I like where our relationship started too. We just started having these conversations and really connecting and and playing a card game called We're Not Really Strangers, which is like my favorite card game of all because it's so raw and so vulnerable and also the questions are kind of promo. Hmm? About all of this free promo. Yeah, I know. They should pay me. I should be an ambassador for this. Guys, yeah, I should probably get a link. Don't buy the cards until I have an affiliate link and then use it. <laughs> yes, I agree. <laughs> Thinking like an entrepreneur. <laughs> yeah. Um, ooh, can I tell them about what we talked about, about business and well-being and, and, and your business and my business? I mean, it's not something that is considered conventionally healthy or considered conventionally really? attractive. Okay, yeah, okay. Not. Maybe I should ask you about this. So I saw a post about um, a woman retiring her husband and celebrating huh? it. She was like, I finally made enough money in my business to retire my husband in a nine to five. So what do you what do you think about that? Oh, sorry, when you said retire her husband, I was like, damn, from life, like this fucking euthanized her husband. <laughs> oh my god! Now retire your husband just like that? Could you so? Just oh, no, 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 no. I mean, that's cool too. Whatever makes them happy, that's cool. She's happy and <laughs> celebrating that, and that's fun. You know, if she's made enough money to give her husband the rest from his nine to five and they're both happy in that, then cool. Who's to say who's to say if she's suffering or who's to say if she was forced to do that or not? In the end, if she's celebrating that, if they're both celebrating that goal, then I genuinely think there isn't a problem with that. 
Mm. It's only a problem if you start forcing that goal onto somebody. Like everybody, mm, yeah. people are not to be happy about what they have. You know, they could be happy. Sure, whatever. It's kind of the point. For me, there are mm. two ways that I would look at it. First is, it's their life. It's their experience. Whatever makes them happy, right? It's like their souls chose to have that experience in this life. On this, on the other hand. I don't think it's godly to disempower somebody's ability like that. Like, I don't know. I can't speak for them. I don't know what's best for them. But at the same time, it's like retiring someone from a nine to five. And I don't know. I don't you know. know I mean, I'm sure he wasn't know. forced to be retired. It's not like it's not like yeah. she busted in the door. But like, here's all of my credit cards. You will now stop working. It's like, mm-hmm. yeah, it's not like but that. I just, it's it's sort of. I wouldn't say it's bad. I wouldn't say it's good either. I'm just pretty okay. Like, okay. (laughs) I wouldn't do it. That's all I'm saying. Because I believe that whether or not it's a gender thing or or she's female and she's and he's a male, it's like I'm more of why would you do things for people who can do it for themselves? It's like it's overstepping that boundary for me. It's like this is a very personal thing that somebody is going to do because it's related to their career. Now, I don't know, maybe I'm not educated enough because I'm not married, but if that's what marriage looks like, then I would have to rethink that, you know, if, if we take on certain things. It's kind of a stretch to say that marriage like, looks like that. It's probably one of the one of the rarest cases of marriage I've, right? I've heard about. You can't, you can't just say, like, if that's what marriage looks like, it's, like, it's, it's not even a question. Marriage will not look like that. That's kind yeah. of the point. That's why you brought it up. I was just up. considering, what if, what if the mindset, what if the thinking around, yeah, I was just, like, going through all these thoughts in my head. I was like, what if they just decided that this is what getting married would look like for them (laughs) you know it's not definitely not how I want to do things because whether or not I'm a girl or I'm a a man or you know vice versa with whoever I'm marrying (laughs) whoever I'm marrying just to be formal (laughs) um I, I still feel like there are certain things we can do for people that allow them to rise to their power but that's it right we're helping them rise to personal power and and gain a sense of of recentering I guess that hey this is me this is what I can do and when we do things for them that they can do for themselves like retiring or or big career moves or I don't know a huge step up it's kind of like you're robbing them of an opportunity that they could have done on their own and take full credit over it and instead it's it's like from a savior mentality you know I feel like that for me that would be the boundary I'm not speaking about their experience I don't know them personally but I'm just saying that's how I would view it in my perspective and 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 how how I choose to do things in my life and it's like Mm -hmm. I just I don't think I could ever do that (laughs) That's absolutely valid. Yeah. Yeah, that that's that's what I was running through in my head. Because like so many times in my life, I have been in a very savior mentality, martyr kind of like state of mind where I'm just, it's my fault that somebody's not not doing okay. Or, you know, that there was a lot of codependency involved. It's like I have to solve someone's problem. I have to be the one who suffers, which is honestly, the thing is being selfish 
will allow you to be more selfless in the long run you know yeah and that's my goal it's like I lived most of my life people pleasing and helping other people who did not want to be helped and I also tried to help people and I ended up disempowering them so so now they think they can't live without me or whatever and so I just feel like mm, time to take a step back and be more selfish it's that era of filtering out who belongs and who doesn't and yeah <laughs> that, that's that sounds about right to me can you teach me how to be selfish hmm? okay. no, but I disempower you <laughs> I think that's something you can learn yourself no no <laughs> <laughs> no I think it's something you're fully capable of learning yourself yes <laughs> no I do not wish to disempower you <laughs> no but seriously when do you think it would be uh like crossing the line Come on. when when someone's when you're helping and helping versus disempowering somebody yeah when you're helping them do it not doing it for them when you're helping mm. them understand how to do it yeah. when they're lending a hand yeah. because they're out of capacity but you know they're able to do it or yeah. when you're really when you're trying to help them bridge that gap, you know, yeah. other than get or other than walking them across the gap in the first place. Yeah, it's like it's like um, I can't find an analogy for this. There's so many nuances to this that it's really hard to find an analogy that fits. <laughs> I'm not the analogy person here. There's my boyfriend. He exists. So. <laughs> yes yeah but that's absolutely right like i hear you um when you're not when when you are helping them and not doing it for them directly like you're not acting as them like say for example i found it i found the analogy i was gonna <laughs> sorry i'm so happy i found an analogy it's like okay you're taking a very important exam mm -hmm. the helping would be if you ask for somebody's help to try and study in advance or to understand the topic right like you're preparing for the exam disempowerment mm -hmm. is when you pay somebody to answer the test for you so yes. yeah you're literally giving away something that you could have done for yourself and take full credit for and stepped up to your power and just raised your standards. Yes. Why do you think a lot of people live their lives settling and not raising their standards or learning how to raise their because standards? Because it's a quiet life and it's a peaceful life doing that. Not mentally exerting enough effort. Yeah, to be mediocre is pretty easy. And a lot of people aren't looking for progress. They're looking for ease. They're looking for convenience. Really, but but a lot of rich people, a lot of rich people become pretty mediocre. Like as their family tree, as their family gets like, as the wealth gets passed down, and the family just learns yeah. to just not have to do anything, they they just progressively get mediocre, don't they? But I honestly, I don't believe that people don't have hunger for more or like a challenge. We haven't just... met enough people. I mean, even if they say they're good, usually these people are the ones who haven't been introduced to 
a new paradigm of living their life or I don't know I wouldn't know but studies do show that people are receptive to being challenged so it's not so much that they want to be mediocre maybe it's for me I'm thinking what if it's just something they're used to because you want to stick to what's familiar right yeah and if they're used to it then they they, they wouldn't want yeah that's the point (laughs) they wouldn't (laughs) want to go anywhere else yes exactly that that's the point yeah when it's familiar to you why would you want to step outside but isn't that gonna snowball into that's not something they they would care about that's not something they would know about but that's also gonna snowball into like the concept of familiarity breeding contempt because the more familiar yeah, you that's... are with the situation you do get bored of it hmm. and, and you try to look for other ways to spice it up and that's how they get even worse really yeah what do you think people what, what... do you think people do drugs just do drugs just because oh so it's like it's like a <laughs> rabbit hole that yes. they're just led into yes yeah I feel like that's my relationship with self-sabotage sometimes when I'm not like very conscious of it and it just creeps up. So I'm like, hey, since this is happening, I might as well just stay here. Mm. There's also a study that was, I forgot the name of the study, but I think I talked to you about this before, about the dogs on like in cages that were yeah the helplessness study yes yeah yeah so instead of trying to change it because they were already feeling it they started to just allow it themselves to be helpless and not not really do anything i actually alluded to this topic earlier about how this world designs us to be helpless Ooh, you want to share about it no i think you're getting the point across just fine keep talking but what about the podcast guests who want to listen? <laughs> well, they want to listen to you. They paid for you. They're not paying, but somebody did tell me that my podcast is too expensive to be free. Yeah. Well, I so I was just like, advice. I mean, yeah, no, I was just like, oh, well, sorry, I'm not charging for it. <laughs> I'm so sorry. <laughs> mm. Yeah, it was so funny. Um, but it's so strange, really. I want to I want to study that more. But essentially, for people who aren't getting the topic, I just wanted to explain a little more about that study. Some scientists placed um, two dogs together and they put them in cages. One cage, uh, both cages were. They, if I remember yes. correctly, they were both um, um, electrocuted in the cages, right? And the longer that they were in the cage, the less that they tried to do something about it. Like some of them would cry. The, the dogs would cry. And over time, they just, they just started to lie down and give up. You know, they just started to allow themselves to suffer, which is a representation of what people are doing over and over when they, when, when they aren't when they aren't able to summon up enough will to pull themselves out of it. And it's not, sometimes it's not even about the will. Um, Sometimes it's just a lack of opportunities presented in a sense. That's why I believe it's so important to tell people what you do and to celebrate with them, not just because you have to take credit, but because you're showing people what's possible for them. 
you know, the more that you celebrate the things that you do, it's not it's not a tell kind of thing. It's not like you're saying, hey, I'm awesome. Rather, you're showing them that you did get to create something good out of your life and that it's possible. Because the more that people are just, um, th- well, the more time we spend with each other, the more we become each other. And as a collective, that does happen. We conform to each other because that's how a uh, society is made to function that's how we're wired to function so when we don't take time to step outside of that circle then we tend to conform to everybody else and just suffer and not look at other opportunities or possibilities which Mm -hmm. is why I never really think that people who are genuinely celebrating themselves on social media there's nothing horrible with that like I don't I never think that hey this person is so arrogant or they're not humble enough please humility is over glorified (laughs) but what I wanted to say was that because these people are celebrating it's showing us that this is possible and I'm really grateful every time I see people doing that because it's like hey they did that which means I can do it too you know yeah and of course the situations are different and of course some of us are more privileged than others and of course there are tons of other advantages but essentially the underlying theme is that we're all human so if a human achieved this another human will probably maybe go through another set of steps or obstacles but that means they can also achieve something significant and and great and yeah worthwhile <laughs> sounds about right to thank me thank you for coming to my ted talk <laughs> you're welcome <laughs> it was very nice and informative and i learned a lot <laughs> <laughs> did you know that body language is actually the thing that allows people to listen to ted talks because the studies show that the the ted talks that had the most views were um they had at least 600 gestures in a single video in a single speech 600 gestures with their hands and movements mm-hmm. yeah so i don't know body language baby <laughs> you can't just do you can't just lead into a point and then just go i don't know it's like mm, it's good. It's there was point, no point in that it just to. came up it, it just came up this is how i function on a on a regular basis ask my boyfriend he's right here <laughs> uh i agree <laughs> Is there anything else you want to say, baby, or just talk about before we end? No, I think I'm actually pretty, pretty satisfied with how all that went. Me too. Thanks for listening to the podcast. And if you love this episode, I would love it if you could share it with a friend, because if I talked about this, it's probably a human experience that everybody is experiencing and they would also love to hear from it. So a review would be If you love this, pay her. If you love this, pay her. No, don't pay Financially support her. No. (laughs) Pay her. Though, um, if you guys are wanting more community, we do have calls every Monday and that is donation-based. So either you pay $11 or nothing at all. So (laughs) you're free to come if you want. Um, My boyfriend isn't going to be there, but he will be in spirit and essence. And and I am, yeah. Anything else, babe? Uh, pay her. 
<laughs> please okay well this is the align podcast and i just want to remind you that this is why we do the work and to stay aligned stay magical stay aligned till the next episode bye i'm gonna say bye pay her bye <laughs> Ha, <laughs>